Greetings, friends, and welcome to episode 13 of the Game Diplomat Podcast, a bite-sized show about great games you might have missed. I'm your host, Josh Augustine, and today I want to tell you how I sent my great-great-grandson to slay an evil dragon before it could destroy the world. But he failed and was instead cut in half by a wimpy skeleton before he turned 20 and ended our family line forever. It all happened in Hero Generations, a turn-based RPG where every action takes a year off your life and you work towards objectives across multiple generations. It was created by Heartshaped Games and released on Steam in August of 2016. It's on every platform, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android. If you own an electronic device, you can probably play this game on it. Uh, But before we dive into it, we have to address a little development drama first. Because there are actually a lot of negative reviews of this game on Steam, and I was really confused early on. It's tough to get all the details now, um, but here's how I understand how early development of the game was handled. So the developer sold an initial version of the game in 2015 based off of a Kickstarter, and that version of the game was really buggy and almost unplayable. So the developers fixed the game, made a bunch of improvements to it, Um, Not just bug fixing, but actually improved the core designs and all that sort of stuff and art and that sort of thing. And they released it as a new game, charging $15 for it. So at first glance, it sounds pretty scummy, but they gave existing customers the option to just pay $5 to upgrade to the new version. And there was a lot of new stuff in there, but most people thought they should have gotten that upgrade for free. So I'm going to let you make your own judgment call on whether or not you want to support the developer um, for me, I was still happy to try out the new game and see if I liked it. Um, I didn't get burned by them in the past, and I can understand where both sides are coming from. So I, I was willing to give the game a try, but of course, teach their own. You may, uh, you may not be willing to dive into that. If you do go to buy the game on Steam, though, do not buy the game that's just called Hero Generations, which is listed for $5. That's the old version of the game. And I will say the developers really should just remove that from the store. It's really confusing that it's on there because it's just a worst version of this game. Um, obviously, it's a third of the price because Hero Generations Regen is $15. Um, and that, But that's the version of the game I'm recommending today. The improvements are good. It's a lot better. It's more polished. You should just buy that game. Um, but... I'm not going to repeat regen every time I say the game name on this podcast. It's going to be hard, I know, but we can get through this together, I believe. Just imagine me saying regen. And maybe if you want to edit the podcast, here you go. Regen. There you go. Just take that clip and then just add it every time I say the game name if you think it's going to throw you. <laughs> um, if you're, but if you're confused at all, honestly, if you're going to buy the game and you want to make sure you're getting the right one, just go to my website, gamediplomat.com. I put links to the correct version of the game on all the platforms. Uh, so just go there, click the link that you want, and I'll make sure that you get to the right version of the game that you want to buy. But when in doubt, buy the, cheap, <laughs> buy the more expensive one if there's two. All right, so let's take a look at how you play Hero Generations. So you start with a random dude with nothing to his name and a need for violence, treasure, and procreation, right? <laughs> the most primal instincts of adventuring dudes. Uh, you're, you're looking at a top-down, grid-based world, and everything is covered in fogged, very cutesy art style. Uh, very kind of mobile-looking art style is what you'd imagine. So you step out your front door, and all you see is fog. There's just white everywhere. You know, not unlike a, a typical downtown San Francisco day. 
But I guess instead of bums and million dollar studio apartments, you're surrounded by monsters and trees and, I don't know, mines and cool sites to explore, all sorts of stuff. Uh, I guess that's probably better than bums and million dollar studio apartments. Um, so you set out into the fog with dreams of loot and glory. You cut down trees, battle monsters, recover artifacts to get resources. But each action you take is taking a day off your life. And you can see what your lifespan is. It's getting smaller every time. Um, and so as your adventure, you just watch those sands of time slip away. Uh, and combat is a simple dice roll. So your maximum roll is determined by your stats and gear, and your low roll is always a zero. So it's pretty RNG heavy. You're rolling against your opponents every time. And you don't have a health bar or anything like that. Instead, damage just directly affects your lifespan. So if you get hit for five damage, you're going to die five days sooner. Which, when you think about, about it, is pretty realistic, right? Because if you're out there getting punched by T-Rexes all the time, you're not going to live very long. Uh, but you can also build buildings, upgrade towns, invest in other infrastructures that will outlast your own life, right? So you're building on a bigger plan, which is good <laughs> because you actually die a lot sooner than you think. Uh, I don't know if this whole game is basically a metaphor for human existence because it's like, go out there, be violent, get treasure, procreate, like primal instincts. And it's like you die faster than you think. You never get the loot you think you should. You get really bad luck sometimes. It's just like, this is school hard knocks teaching your kids how life works. <laughs> I mean, especially if you're out there getting punched by T-Rexes, you're just not long for this world. So before you give up the ghost uh, to a ghost or a skeleton or demon or whatever is out there fighting you, you have to make sure you get back to a town because towns have other people and other people are important. You need to find one to settle down with and have a child. Uh, and if you die before you can procreate, your game just ends and you have to start over. It's very much like a roguelike in that way. And it's surprisingly easy to happen. A lot of times when I'm heading back to town, actually, <laughs> you should go watch the live stream because you get to see many different ways uh, where I die uh, unintentionally. Because you get back to town and like the person has requirements to have a ch child with you and you don't meet it. Or you're going back to town and all of a sudden a monster steps between you and the town and you're like, do I wait? Do I do I go around? You're like, I guess I try fighting him. And then all of a sudden he's punching you and taking away your lifespan and your your last 20 years suddenly becomes your last five years and you're like panicked trying to get there. There's a lot of really fun moments with that. Anyways, the mate that you choose. And yes, the game does use that unfortunate term of mate <laughs> to choose uh, instead of spouse or something like that or partner, I don't know, baby mama, whatever term you want. <laughs> um Whichever, whichever mate you choose uh, will help determine what kind of stats, traits, and items your child starts with. Uh, so if you want your kid to start with sweet stuff, you're going to have to really impress potential bed buddies with your fame, money, and whatever else it is they're looking for in a mate. But thankfully, you're spared the nuances of child rearing. As a, I have a two and a half year old right now, it can be very challenging, more challenging than fighting skeletons some days. Uh, and it's many potential pitfalls. So instead, the game just forwards you 16 years and you pilot your child immediately, uh, j just like you did their father or their mother. And so you're playing as the hero now. But of course, you're young and weak again. And so you have to kind of work your way up and, and, and get strong again and carry on your family legacy. For the Augustines! Alright, so let's look at seven reasons why you should drop everything and immediately play this game. Reason number one, 
the aging process forces you to plan your peaks. So I kind of mentioned this earlier, but you can't just stumble blindly through hero generations. Well, I mean, you can, right? You can do anything you want. You're a great person. You're in charge of your life. But if you do that, you'll end up lying on your deathbed looking back on a pretty mediocre life with nothing special to show for all your troubles. Which, again, metaphors abound, right? <laughs> and that's depressing, so don't do that. Hero Generations is about achieving incredible feats and establishing a powerful legacy through your children and their children and your children's 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 children's, you know. Just imagine, like, the biblical list of just names. So-and-so begat so-and-so begat so-and-so. That's what you're doing. So, first... You, with just one character's life, you've got to plan your peaks. So you start off at a, as an adolescent, right? I think you're like 12 or 16 or something. You're, you're pretty weak, but you may have a cool heirloom we weapon that keeps you safe early on that you got from your parent. Then after 10 or so turns, you mature and gain some strength. And then about 10 or so turns later, you mature again. And that's when you hit your midlife peak. You're at your strongest. You've earned a bunch of extra damage. Um, you haven't started declining either. So that's when you want to make sure that everything you need to meet up with the big bad boss is at this stage, right? If that's this hero's fate, right? If they're fated to fight the big baddie, if that's what you've been working them towards. But maybe this hero is just going to build up military forts or acquire wealth or find magical weapons to pave the way that they can pass on to their child so that they can be the adventuring hero. All that's jumping ahead, though. Let's just focus on the one person for now. After midlife... You start getting older and weaker until your body just completely betrays you. You're losing combat stats left and right. So living forever is fine if you plan to do peaceful activities like farming, construction, that sort of thing. It can actually be really good because you have time to travel around and meet people and earn money and build things. But it's absolutely no good if you're a barbarian charging into danger all the time because at some point you just can't keep up with those big monsters you used to. Alright, reason number two. Your best strategies cross multiple generations. Because your individual characters don't peak for very long, like we mentioned, you really want to find ways to spend their later and early years securing your family's future, building something that's going to last. Again, metaphors. <laughs> Which lead to these incredible moments where you've had like five generations of adventurers and builders and investors and trainers all leading up to a single battle against the giant monster that's been terrorizing your lands for generations. This is the massive dragon that has attacked your ancestors. He's destroyed towns. Everyone has suffered under him for hundreds of years. They're crying out for a hero. Then your child steps out of the house, right? He's armed to the teeth with family heirlooms. He's trained at the finest military barracks in the lands, which were founded by your great-great-great-great-grandma and maintained by your family ever since. You're invigorated by the fountain of life, which was discovered by your father, but preserved as a secret so that you could use it just for this one battle. And then you were raised to have the perfect mindset and character traits to best this foul beast before you. And you step out and you slay the huge dragon. It takes tons of fights, lots of times. But the massive beast that had looked impossibly strong when you first started playing, you'd just run scared from, you take it down. And you get a big quest, you earn legendary levels of fame in the region. Everybody loves you. You can do anything you want in the region now. You've, you've saved them. And it just feels like you're the ultimate hero, right? Like if this was a movie, you were the one who was foretold in the ancient prophecies that people whisper about in the taverns, right? That people have been praying for you to come every day for their whole lives. It feels incredible. And it's really these sorts of long-term strategies, these long-term storylines that create the awesome moments that feel just so good in this game. And that's really what is unique about the game, because the RPG mechanics are not great, the combat's meh, but 
this twist of creating generations and building things that survive but decay if you don't keep them up and kind of having to work towards these long-term goals is awesome. And it's really not the sort of thing you get in an RPG where usually it's all just about punching the demon in front of you or killing the skeleton in front of you, spending a talent point so you get stronger right now. It's not this longer strategy. And actually the Kickstarter kind of described it as a mix between like civilization and like a 4X game and like an RPG. I think 4X is going too far. It's not that complex. But it is almost interestingly kind of more of a strategy game than an RPG, even though there are some RPG style like mechanics. Um, there's just the strategy is so good in this game. The long-term payoffs, the generational focus, and the ability to leave lasting impacts with each character that eventually all add up into one big climactic moment that feels like it's straight out of movie script is just awesome. It's a great change of pace from normal kind of RPGs. All right, reason number three, Doomsday Approaches. So a lot of these big story arcs are going to have to be invented by you, right? It won't tell you, hey, go find a weapon. Okay, now go build a barracks. Okay, now die and let your son take over. <laughs> it's not going to tell you those things. You have to build your own strategies based on kind of how you see the world working and what you want to accomplish. But the game does give you a big goal to work towards. Like in the live stream, there was a prophecy that J Doom would come to this world in 14 generations. And it put a little clock way across the world in one lo location and just showed the clock counting down the generations. So I knew that like, okay, I need to get down there. I need to start building up a settlement, building a family, building up like infrastructure near there so I could basically fuel a foretold hero, right? Like we kind of mentioned, generations down the line that would take down this big bad and stop doom in 14 generations or less. Um, unfortunately, in the live stream, I didn't do it. <laughs> Things went wrong, as they so often do in this game. But it's a great catalyst for creating your own stories. Like, you know how much time you have and when you need to set off for the big battle you've got. It also helps guide your exploration. The world is big. And if you're just kind of rambling around aimlessly, you wouldn't really get very far. You wouldn't accomplish very much. So this tells you like, hey, work towards this because this is going to be a problem if you don't take care of it. Um, so full disclosure, I've never actually beaten the big prophecy boss. I usually die by accident or I failed to reach the area in time. Um, but I'm sure it feels great when you do beat it. And as far as I can tell, though, that challenge is the ultimate endgame. Once you do that, I think you've taken out the biggest challenge of the game, and it's just about massing up points after that. All right, reason number four. Zone sweepers give you smaller doomsdays to avert. <laughs> so that's the big doomsday you can't really take care of, but each zone has its own boss. So you have a lot to do along the way. Like the starting foresty area that you start with has like a dragon, uh, like a bipedal dragon. Uh, the desert has this tunneling worm that appears on tunnels and kind of teleports around. The pirate beach map has like a big pirate skeleton, I think. Oh, no, you, you get the idea, right? So they move around the map too. Like that dragon. So there's artifacts that you can collect and bring back to town for like money and fame. Uh, but as soon as you pick one up, the dragon, wherever he is in the zone, senses that you're stealing treasure. And he starts just rushing at you. Uh, which can actually make it pretty hard when you have to like th throw the artifact away to get the dragon to stop chasing you. Or hope that it does. And then run back to town and hide for a bit. And then go back out and try and get it later when the dragon's farther away. I mean, even when you're not playing Indiana Jones though, the big guy is still a scary threat and you just you this dragon forces you to choose your movement wisely and there's stuff like that in every zone all right reason number five there's a lot to explore 
The world is randomly generated each time, so you never know what you're going to get. You know what the world types are. Like, there's the pirate beach, like I meant. There's volcanic. There's, like, shadow. There's forests. That sort of stuff. But the fog of war also resets with each generation, which is kind of frustrating. But if you put some effort into remembering where all the key POIs are, it's not too bad. And you can invest in, you can build buildings that reveal POI. And so that's what I kind of think they want you to do. But I'd rather just kind of memorize the map. Or I mean, if you're super serious, I guess you could write it down or take a screenshot or something so you remember where everything is. But it's pretty easy to remember where the important stuff is. There are a lot of different biomes, right? So, like, the pirate beach world I mentioned has a lot of oceans, and you have to buy rafts to get over them. Woo! Multi-generational raft party! Let's go! It's funny, you can pass on the raft to your son and your son's sons. And you can actually equip the raft. You can put it in their right hand. So whenever you win a combat, they actually go up and punch them with a raft and take them down. It feels really good. I did that in a live stream. That was the first time I tried doing that, and it worked. So we got a lot of raft punches in for killing blows. Uh, and like so there's the big scary volcano world it's flush with demons there's a spooky region has ghosts you get to see both those in the live stream and like the ghosts are kind of like adorable they look kind of like the limbo got character it just it makes it kind of creepy right like there's nothing scarier than like little kids in horror movies and it just kind of has that vibe anyways reason number six you get quests in each zone so these are little things to keep you going in between boss battles. We can't all be super slayers, right? Sometimes you just got to cut down all the trees in an area, or find the oasis with the sword in the stone, or dig up buried treasure, or build a wonder. Honestly, all that stuff is pretty cool if you ask me. And all of them give you bonus fame. So completing these quests give you bonus fame, which is ultimately the score you're trying to maximize, and it makes sure you can find people back in town that'll have kids with you. Reason number seven, build your legacy. I wouldn't be surprised if this was used in some marketing. It's a pretty cliche term. But you build your legacy in this game by building buildings. Get it? So build your legacy. It's a pun on the buildings. All right. So there are all sorts of buildings in this game. Farms generate income. Barracks generate combat stats. Lighthouse re lighthouses reveal fog of war. Stations let you teleport. Orphanage get, you know, let you avoid that whole pesky mating thing, etc., etc. Well, you get it, right? A lot of buildings are locked behind generation requirements. So early on, you can only build farms or barracks. But then later you learn how to build a museum or a wonder and that sort of stuff as your family gets more renowned and, and well-known, which is what renowned means. So that's repetitive. But anyways, it's not like this episode's already really long. All my episodes are long. This is just a 20-minute show now. I'm sorry. I can't hit 15 minutes no matter how hard I try. All right. Buildings have a limited duration. They decay over time if you don't repair them. So this is really a big part of how you customize your playstyle and kind of what you're trying to accomplish is based on kind of these buildings that you build to support what you want to do. Like, you could choose to build heavily into non-violent income like farms or romance lines to make sure that you don't have to fight to survive and have offspring. Or you could build all military buildings everywhere and make sure your children always get huge combat stat boosts as soon as they're born. Right? Or you can invest heavily in travel and site tech to chart out the lands and know where all the key POIs are. But really, I mean, you're going to cycle through these strategies, right? You don't, that's what's kind of fun about having the multiple generations. You can choose a strategy for one generation and then choose a different one for the next one. There are just so many different ways you could try to win this game. And, and none of them really that I've run across seem to be outright wrong. It's just different ways to try. And if it doesn't work out for you this time, start over, try something different. Maybe the world is different. The challenges you face are different. It's definitely a roguelike at its core. You're meant to play it over and over again and just learn and try different things and get better at it. It's about exploration, trying new strategies, see what happens. It's really fun. So if this game sounds fun, 
You can buy it for $15. Uh, we'll have links on GameDiffMat.com along with everything else we talked about here. And a video of me playing the game so you can check it out before you buy. And if you do buy it, remember, you want Hero Generations Regen. Not the original Hero Generations. $15, not 5 uh, But the link on the show notes will have a point to the right one. let's give away this game so you don't have to buy it if you don't want to um the devs heart-shaped games sent us two keys to give away on the show so thank you to them and all you have to do to enter the contest is answer this trivia question about the game which of these is not a trait that your child can be born with in hero generations greedy farmer titan vampire or warrior email or tweet your guests to me links on gamediplomat.com of course and the correct answer to last week's trivia question about races in Hex's world was Swizzle, which I totally made up, but it sounds fun, right? It's kind of like a delightful candy-themed race, maybe, like delicious Oompa Loompas or something. I don't know. So congratulations to Callum, who was the only person to guess correctly, and also congrats to Scott and Eric, who at least bothered to guess. All three of them win, because uh, we have five. Um, so they each win a code for free Evolving Gauntlet entry in Hex, which is a card game MMO that you can learn more about in episode 12. And we've got two more of the codes to give out, so if you want one, just contact me. Email or Twitter. I'll give you a code if you want it. First come, first served. Evolving Gauntlet is really fun. It's a great PvP mode in Hex. I know we didn't talk about PvP much in, he in last episode about Hex, um, but if you're interested in checking out that side of the game, this is the way to check it out. You play for free and you get a bunch of cards to add to your collection. Um, so anyways, if you enjoyed the show, you can tell your friends about us. Leave a review on iTunes. Join our Discord server and Steam group. You can also donate money to support the show on GameDiplomat.com forward slash donate. But no matter what, thanks for spending your time with us. I hope you found a fun new game to play. In the next episode of Game Diplomat, we'll talk about Mini Metro, a beautifully simple game about designing the railway network in a growing city. We'll see you then. Mm -hmm.